From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast, presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com and brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at Liberty.edu. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, your hockey superstore with three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. Indiana Tech University for ticket and schedule information for the two-time ACHA National Champions. Go to IndianaTechWarriors.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson for lunch or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. University of Georgia Hockey, power school athletics tradition, college town atmosphere, and the building of a program like no other at UGAHockey.com. College Hockey, Inc., growing the game at the college level and beyond. Adrian College, championship hockey culture, and a nationally rated small private school education at AdrianBulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, with Caesars Rewards, Members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. Maryville University, the big city style of St. Louis, small school education. For more information, visit us at maryvillesaints.com or at maryville.edu. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Mary Hockey, top flight hockey, intense rivalries, championship aspirations, and more. For schedule and ticket information, go to goyoumary.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, the only app that lets you earn Caesars rewards, but please play responsibly. FedEx, the official shipping company of Ice Time Hockey West. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be joining us tonight. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Lake Elmo, Minnesota. You can still hear the cold in my voice, so uh, I apologize for not being able to do a show last Wednesday. It's been a rough week <laughs> in, in my world anyway. Uh, my co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that big, beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you? Or don't I have Steven yet? I don't have Steven yet. So I will tell you that tonight's show is uh, is going to be fun. Oh, oh, there he is. Steven's here. Hey, Steven, how are you? You should still call it a championship city because the Las Vegas Aces WNBA team just won their back-to-back championship in the WNBA. Yeah, I just saw that come across a little uh, ding-a-ling-ding of of ESPN. So. all Vegas teams do is, is win, it seems like, at least. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I love it. Oh. Maybe not the NFL team here, but maybe the, the, the at least Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, can have a couple championships on the WNBA side, at least. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, as I said, my apologies for not being able to do a show last week as I was well under the weather, somewhere between Kansas City and Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, back now, as you can still tell, my voice and my uh, nasalness are are there. Are you, are you, as, are you at uh, are you at sea level yet? When it comes to your, your <laughs> you said you're under the weather, very under the weather. So now you're more back to being sea level, or are you are you above the weather? All I can tell you is I need a cough button twenty four seven. Let's just put it that way. 
so I'm hanging in there. Anyway, uh, great guest joining us tonight. We've got the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us here in just a couple of minutes. Um, as always, we like to talk about the top 20 teams in the country because we think they deserve it. They've earned that place and they've earned that opportunity to be recognized. So we're thrilled with that. We're thrilled with uh, having many of them as partners, which is always a lot of fun as well. And this time of year, Steve, when we look at the rankings, uh, you see a lot of teams like Minot State up at the top, but they played nine games already. Holy cow. Um, and then you look at other teams that have uh, played just a handful or less. I mean, University of Arizona, if, if this is correct, and I don't know if it is or not, but we'll find out from Coach in a minute. They've only played three games. I thought they played more than that, but we'll find out. Well, and they had, uh, one, and they had one game against the uh, NCAA Arizona State team, too. Yeah, true. Game. But that's an exhibition. That's not uh, right. that's not a exhibition. game here at the ACHA level. So no, but, but we'll get into that. that. But, but anyway, the start of the season can sometimes be pretty unbalanced as far as what you see. So it takes a little while to get get going and the computer rankings you know the computer and i are, are best friends so and this, isn't I always, even the com- and this isn't even the computer yet yeah i know and just wait till that comes then i'll be dropping the gloves like every other day anyway <laughs> i'll get myself in shape um so anyway uh might not stay up on top adrian in the number two slot ohio three liberty at four central oklahoma at five unlv at six jamestown at seven Niagara at 8, Maryville at 9, Calvin at 10, Grand Valley State at 11, Indiana Tech at 12, and the University of Arizona at 13. Michigan-Dearborn is at 14, Illinois State 15, Arizona State at 16, Pittsburgh at 17, a tie for 18th between uh, Purdue Northwest and Stony Brook. Uh, U-Mary comes in at 20, then Utah, Missouri State, Lawrence Tech, Rhode Island, and Davenport will round out the top 25. And, of course, this year the uh, the change has been made and announced there will be 24 teams making the national tournament this year. Yes, so 24 teams. The first computer ranking will be November 1st, so we, we have a couple of weeks before that. Um, like you said, 24 teams now are going to qualify for the national tournament. In the past, it's been 20 teams. Uh, there's eight auto bids included in that, which is the different uh, – leagues that are in the w uh, in the um acha and uh, some ha- some have a tournament some just do based on regular season whoever finishes the best and then uh, so there'll be eight that get the auto bids and then and then the other field of 16 will be determined by the computer rankings but a lot of these not always i mean there's always some that are be some upsets but a lot of times the winners of these leagues are also within that top 20 top 20 or 24 so um, there's not a whole lot of shuffling around, but but we always see that at, at tournament time where a couple teams do get in that wouldn't have gotten in, but they got in because of the auto bid and, and knocked somebody out that was right on the cusp. But now that there's 24 teams, maybe it'll, it gives more teams an opportunity to, to compete and to get in and less of that a team that's right on the cusp where they're not going to get it that maybe should have gotten in. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you 100%. Let's not mess around. Let's bring on the head coach from the University of Arizona Wildcats, Chad Berman. Coach, Scott, and Steven with you. First of all, how are you and how are things in uh, in Tucson, Arizona? Scott, Steve, thanks for having me. Everything's good here. How are you guys doing? Well, you sound you don't sound great, eh? <laughs> I've been battling it, my friend. I was yeah. so sick. I, I made a trip from uh, Colorado Springs to Kansas City last Tuesday night overnight. 
So, uh, oh, so Ter- Terry and I drove all night long. We showed up at uh, our Harris property at about know, 6 a.m. and went to bed. And when I woke up at noon, I was fried. I had that, that worst cold ever. And I stuck it out, made my way up to see uh, uh, the Icebreaker NCAA tournament with North Dakota and um, Wisconsin and uh, Air, uh, no, Army and Bemidji State. So, um, the NCAA season underway. Um, you had an exhibition with uh, Arizona State, and it didn't turn out the way you wanted to, but um, exhibitions are for exhibitions, right? They're for uh, putting things together, putting things on paper, putting things on film. What was your, uh, other than the score, what was your take from that experience for your guys? Well, I wouldn't say it didn't go, you know. I mean, obviously, we would have liked a better margin we, uh, and all that, but it was, uh, you know, we knew we, my guys were going to get an unbelievable experience. Um, the hospitality of Arizona State and Greg Powers there was off the charts. We, you know, my guys had a great experience. We went a day early, got a practice, had a good team meal, um, you know, be able to walk to the arena there. It's a, it's a great arena, a great setup, obviously a big crowd that really doesn't like our school. And so we know what we're signing <laughs> up for. Um, you know, we don't like their school very much either. And that's okay. That's how we like it. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you, you know, having a full roster of scholarships makes a big difference. It's not like it's something that surprised me. Um, and it was a great experience no matter what. I told my guys, you know, for the next 10 hours after the game, for the next 10 hours, this one's going to sting quite a bit. But in about 10 years, you'll tell your kids about it. And I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, that was what was important. Um, you know, we wanted a better margin. We wanted to represent the ACHA better. Um, and we didn't, uh, but I see a lot of positives in that as well. Um, you know, things you can get away with against, you know, uh, lesser opponents, you can't against them. And that's what we wanted to expose the toe drags and, um, in the simple decision-making that has to happen under pressure. And at the same time, boy, I've got, I had great film to show, you know, their guys, their simple execution on three twos. And, um, you know, it was a, a, a great learning process, a great experience, um, certainly something we hope to, uh, to do again and, uh, and to fare better. Well, you should have, you should take solace in that where you guys play currently has more seats than where they play, where ASU plays. So you have that at least for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's worth, but we'll take it. Um, I, I guess, yeah, you talked about the experience of playing that. Um, I, you know, obviously it's more about the, the process of it, the, the, the preparation for an opponent like that. Uh, more than what's maybe what the score is going to be, um, but you know as you as as we saw what what UNLV was able to do the year prior with Denver and how they benefited from that. You guys had it with ASU this year. That that can only benefit you guys now as you go back into the ACHA schedule going forward. Yeah, no question. Um, Coach Greener reached out with kind words, and so that that was nice of him because uh, obviously that's an experience that only so many of us have had, and uh, Liberty as well, and. Um, you know, like, again, it's just something they're, they're never going to forget. I do think it makes you better. Um, you know, we're just, we're not, dude, we're not executing the simple stuff enough. And so when I can show them five straight clips of zone entries on three and twos, where it's as simple as F2 drive to the middle guy to create inside outlet um, and hit F3. And F3 is not looking for option three, four, five or toe dragging. He's catching, releasing and shooting with purpose. Like there's so many good things that come out of that. There's a reason those kids don't pay to go to school. Um, I mean, I found myself watching some of the highlights being like, that's just fun to watch. Um, you know, at the same time, it sucks to get embarrassed a little bit, but, uh, in the long run, I know we'll benefit. 
Coach, one last final thing on that. I, I think, and you know I've watched uh, NCAA hockey for a long time, I think this might be the deepest and most skilled team that Greg's ever had. Um, I, I looked on that depth roster, and I'm going like, oh, there's guys that he could put in the lineup that uh, could play almost anywhere. So uh, when you saw that on paper and then saw it on the ice, did you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, I, I was able to bump into Greg before the game, and I and I told him, you know, I was doing really well until one of your staff members sent me a depth chart, and I see O'Reilly in the fourth line. Like, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a Red Wings fan. I'm familiar with him as a prospect. And I'm like, okay, um, you know, that that got that made my pregame meal a little different. I didn't I didn't dare share it with anyone else. So, um, you know, like, yeah, it was impressive. I mean, they could play. There's some big bodies that can, like, NHL shots is what I saw consistently. They don't they don't need much to be to expose you. And that's, again, I felt like that's a good thing. At the same time, um, I mean, we had two, three breakaways. We had probably four, five, six shots in the house in prime areas. You know, that's something we can draw positive over there. We can create opportunities against them. There's no excuse the rest of the season. And, and honestly, those things that we don't get away with against them, it's, we're not going to get away with that against Minot State or Adrian or Liberty, any of those top five teams in a national tournament. So let's let's take that lesson now um here in october so that you know come march we're not paying for those uh those lessons chad in september um i went from the 15th of september to the end of september the 30th and um traveled pretty much the eastern part of the state just to uh get our word out there again that we're a new a new podcast we're now a national podcast focusing on the best uh 20 teams in the country more or less, but so I had a chance to go to Maryville and watch John's team play. I thought they were pretty impressive. Then I went down to Drury and I saw what they're building down there at the M2 level. Then went over to uh, Tennessee State and uh, had a chance to visit with them about their plans for the future. And then went up and saw Liberty and um, Minot State open the season. And I looked at Kirk and I said, are you okay? Did you really want to bring this team in here uh, to start your season and uh, he said, absolutely, I'm okay. I, I want this. I challenge this. And um, boy, oh, boy, that Minot State team, uh, they are for real as well. No joke. Um, in fact, when I was trying to get my team to play simple, I, I thought about, and I didn't, and I still might, just playing highlights of, of Minot's power play. Like it, it, The best way I can describe Minot is they're like that juggernaut football team that's like, We've got a better offensive line than you. We've got a strong running back. We're going to run the ball here, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing fancy over the top that they do. It's just the consistency of execution. They're very well coached there. Move the puck, shoot the puck, retrieve the puck, find the shooter. I mean, it's it's. Um, I've watched a lot of mine out this year. I watched all four of the Liberty games, um, uh, both really good hockey teams, really well coached teams, and you just you watch Minot. Um, and they're just at a different level, not only in talent, but in culture. I mean, to me, the three elite cultures in the ACHA have to be Minot, um, Adrian, and UCO. They just do things differently. Um, and when you can have that kind of talent with that kind of culture, uh, boy, they're going to be a tough out for somebody. Um, but I'm sure we're all uh, chomping at the bit for an opportunity. Okay. From there, I moved on, and I watched this weekend series of – Thursday night, I watched Adrian. Uh, Friday night, I watched Indiana Tech. And then on uh, Saturday night, I watched Illinois State and the newest member of uh, M1 Hockey and, and the University of Mary. And I came away with that saying the same thing. I'm going like, man, 
that th this is really something. This this ACH top twenty that we put together um, is really solid. And are you starting to see that across the board too? Are the top 20, 24 teams now really, really that good? Have they gotten that much better? No, yeah, no question. I, I think you know, getting in the tournament's not what it used to be. It's uh, you know, every night you've got to be good. Uh, and I think it's a real challenge for programs. Speaking of culture, to establish that kind of culture, like it's one thing to say we want to have a strong culture. Do we do the things to uphold it? And, and what does it take? And and how is it reflected? I, I think you see it the last couple of weeks. A lot of teams, and I've seen it in my career here in the ACHA, this is just the thing, and it gets tighter and, and worse as we go. But you'll see one night a big margin of victory, and teams think the next night it's going to be the same. And then all of a sudden you're in a OT game or a barn burner in the last five minutes. Um, one thing's for sure, you cannot take a night off in this league. It's it's an everyday thing, and it's something certainly we try to stress to our guys. It's, it's about, you know, winning the day every day and, and, and stacking them up. And you have to have that mindset in this league or you're going to get burned. And, and certainly you're seeing that around the league, uh, especially as the, as the league's continuing to grow out West. Okay. So when you look at, at the WCHL and uh, you see the competition there, you get another matchup again with Grand Canyon. Uh, it just, there's never a weekend off anymore, is there? It's like um, every single time this conference just throws another uh, another wrench at you, if you will. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a definitely a good way because I know that that makes you better. But is it true? Have you guys only played three regular season games so far? Yeah, that's true. Um, so we're still working through things and trying to get to our game. Um, you know, obviously the ASU uh, NCAA game there took up a full weekend for us and was a great experience. But now, yeah, we're back in the league play. We're excited about it. Um, you know, I, I know Grand Canyon's got a really good team. I think they're definitely a step better from last year. They, they added a real good big D back there who looks like he can skate well and makes good decisions. Um, I think that that 44 there is as good as it gets in our conference. He's a real good center, works hard. Obviously, Cummings is a kid you got to be aware of, especially in the power play. Uh, very opportunistic team um, that that is always honestly has given us fits. They uh, they play hard. They're difficult to play against, and so our, our guys are going to have to be ready. Um, but I know we're excited to be back home playing a game and uh, you know getting back at it. We feel good about our group. We also know there's a lot uh, of growth ahead still. So. Yeah, I can I can attest. I saw one of the games last weekend when Grand Canyon was here against UNLV it was UNLV's home opener, and and uh, yeah, Grand Can even though UNLV won both games, the Grand Canyon did put up a tough fight. And I, and it's always kind of an interesting team because it's like you you just they're just kind of waiting for that like to really have this breakout moments. Like there's all it seems like every year they they get a little bit better, but it just they just they just quite can't get into that into that tougher uh, tier of the ACHA or even in the in the middle tier. But I think. I think they have a really good. Uh, I, I just think they continue to just to get better, and I and I and, and playing at their place too is always a very tough environment. <laughs> yeah. To play, I mean, I've never been there, but I just know every time I I follow uh, see teams go, they're always even if you come out with the win, it's always a battle. It's a lot of overtime games sometimes, and and it's always a battle when. when well, UNLV lucked out. They got to make the trip to Peoria. They avoided the the building, so yeah, oh, good see, for them. I, yeah, see, I didn't even realize that. But, <laughs> but even that, though, they still had to play one game in, in overtime. So, I mean, it was still not an easy... Uh, yeah, they're a tough team, man. Anybody takes them lately, like, their record does not reflect how good they are. I think they've had, I mean, to play UNLV, you're, you know, this early that many times. Yeah. That's a that's a tall task. I mean, I, I know that's a good hockey team. I know they're better. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're going to get going at some point here. And I just sure hope it's not this weekend. 
Yeah, what do you think about the schedule? I mean, because they've already now they've already played UNLV. They've already got the four games with UNLV out of the way. I mean, just the scheduling in general. Yeah. I mean, I, you think it's kind of how do you think the schedule came together? Just maybe for your team or just other teams that that you kind of fought, you know kind of keep an eye on and stuff. Do you think it's it's is it kind of any kind anything interesting about it? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I agree. It's been definitely been odd. I think all of us have such different situations for ice availability that sometimes things get moved and they're probably not in the best situation. Like, um, I'll give you an example. Utah came out here. We played them two games, and uh, you know we did pretty well that Saturday night. I'm sure that wasn't a fun trip back. And then they had to get back on a bus, come back out to Arizona, and um, and play Grand Canyon. And for them to go down and then follow up and, and sweep Grand Canyon, I sure think. Um, that says a heck of a lot about uh, about Utah to bounce back that way, make that trip back. But again, that's back to back trips to, to Arizona for them. That's a strange start on top of yeah, Grand Canyon and UNLV playing four as early as they do. Uh, certainly, it seems a little off, but I'm sure there's a variety of uh, variables Chris Perry had to deal with, and, uh, and I'm sure he tried to find the best possible options. Yeah, that's always a challenge with with eyes availability. I mean, you guys are going to be here in Vegas a couple of weeks for a Thursday Friday set, and then right. then yep. you know, it comes your way in a couple of, a few weeks after or in, in December. So you know, usually it's one series is early in the season, one's kind of in the later part of the season. But you you'll get the two series with UNLV all the way in the first half of the season. Yeah, I find that strange as well too. Yeah. Okay, coach, tell us a little bit about this roster. What you've seen so far uh, early on in the year. What have you liked? What do you think you want to improve on? Um, where's the strength of the Wildcats this year? Uh, I definitely think the strength is our offense and our depth. We've, we've got a lot of skill. Um, we've added a lot of grip, grit to our group on top of skill. Like anytime you can add both, that's, that's just going to serve you very well down the road. Um, you know, we feel like we've got some guys healthy back. Like we, we were really banged up came come national tournament. It's not something we want to sit around and whine about and make excuses about, um, you know, UCL was a better team. No question that day. Um, but we, we didn't feel like we could put up our best fight and, and we wanted to add more grit. So we've done that. And then doing that, we've added skill. Um, we're a little banged up here right now with Justin Hughes out, one of our top probably pickups. Um, you know, we got this new shiny toy and he got hurt a little early, but we're, we're hoping to get him back. And it sounds like we will get him back sooner than we thought. Um, thought it might've been a season ending injury. And, and it turns out he's going to get back here sooner than we thought, hopefully in the next four weeks or so. So that'd be a good boost. And, um, you know, obviously, Brendan Williams is uh, just – you want to talk about just getting to know – I knew he was a great hockey player, but what a great kid he is. Um, and we're pumped to have him in his hockey sense. He, for those who don't know, he won a national championship with Oklahoma in the North American Hockey League and also was named the MVP of the tournament. So this is a guy who plays at a high level, um, has a high hockey IQ, um, just a real addition for us, and, and uh, we're excited. I don't think we've even scratched the surface on what he's going to be able to do here. Uh, another kid, Tristan Swiger, uh, we got him out of uh, the Premier League. Um, he's, uh, and he's just been a delight, man. You can use him on wing, center. He plays great defensively, skates well. He's got a great skill set. Um, he's just been a, an awesome kid to add. Um, Ari Rossi is a kid that we've added who, uh, you know, we wanted to get tougher. We wanted to get grittier. He's a former MMA fighter. He's really hard on pucks. He plays a gritty game. Like we really needed a piece like him and we've been happy. He plays good in front of the nets. Um, does those things that, you, you know, you, that you need in a skilled team. Uh, and so we've been happy with that addition. And, uh, certainly, um, on the back end, we got, uh, uh, Busby who, who I accidentally say Lesby every now and then. So I got to be careful with that. But the <laughs> defenseman who, 
who just is excellent 5'5", five, five especially. He's just really good defensively, great gaps. He's a great skater. Um, he's a he's a great energy in the room, uh, just a, a fun kid to be around. Um, but he's been a nice combination pairing-wise. We really needed a left-handed D that could jump into a top pair role, and he's paired well with Kyoka so far, and we think, you know, obviously making Kyoka better is a good for our team as well, and uh, we've been excited about that. Uh, and so um, – and then on, obviously in that we added a big six seven goalie and uh, TJ and, and Nate Goldsvig and TJ I'll just say I'll just say TJ because I don't even think I can pronounce his last name yet. <laughs> uh, Delamanure I believe is how you say it. I don't even know a lot of vowels in there. Um, but we're excited about our recruiting class. On top of we had a great you know group coming back, and so we feel like we have a good balance of skill and um, uh, and grit. Um, you know, we're pretty balanced up and down, uh, but certainly we feel like we should never feel like we're out of a game. And again, if we can create those kind of prime opportunities like we did against ASU's Division One team, um, what can we do against the rest of the ACHA? So um, hopefully we uh, keep learning on and get there. Sorry for the long-winded answer. Yeah, no problem. I expected that from you. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, uh, when we look at your schedule, um, there's some very unique things in the schedule. We talked about you about this earlier with you, I believe. Uh, and th- what really is is neat about the schedule is the opportunity you're going to get to build towards the national tournament with your uh, your trip to Maryville and um, and teams like that. So. Uh, Talk about the schedule a little bit and, and how excited you are about it and the way it lays out. Yeah, I think, you know, something we're definitely committed to is it's really important for strength of schedule um, to make sure you get outside your conference and play some of the top teams. And certainly Maryville's a top 10 team, no question. Um, what John Hogan has done there has been incredible. And and obviously it'll be fun to get down there and see uh, John and Toppy and in um, the, the really the entire Hogan family, we we still do typically do uh, Thanksgiving up here in Tucson with them. So this year might be a little a uh, little more heated because it'll be before we play each other three times. But um, to play a quality team like that, um, you know, on the road is great preparation for the national tournament. Last year we used Adrian for that experience in Michigan Dearborn, and and so this year we felt like well, why not go down to uh, Maryville for a weekend? It's a pretty direct flight for us. Um, and then we also head down there to play, uh, you know, in a very tough environment there in Missouri State. And we figured, well, we might as well go a day early and try to catch another game with them. So it uh, worked out well, and I was glad we could add it late. And, uh, you know, certainly we think that's going to be a challenging task. The arch rivals uh, from Arizona State, not the NCAA team, but the uh, ACHA team, much improved again. Um, they They continue to be a very... Uh, tough out, if you will. So, what are your thoughts on uh, on the Cactus Cup? And they have a new home too now with the uh, the the Mountain Community Ice Plague, which is adjacent to Molot Arena. So they have a new home too. So that's got to be nice for that program too, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I think Austin's done a great job uh, building that thing. He, um, you know, they're a tough team to play against, uh, and they got they've got better depth. And you know, where they're maybe less top end skill in some areas, there's more tougher to play in a lot of areas. So. I've been impressed. I mean, very I, obviously, I watch everything they do. So I've been very impressed with the way they've played. They've got a good formula there. Um, you know, they're not trying to do too much. They uh, they pack it in good. They try to keep it to the outside. They play a very simple game. And if you make a mistake, they're going to counter on you and transition. Um, but they're very patient in their game plan. I think that's what I've noticed the most. They're not really trying to do too much. And as soon as you make a mistake, they're ready to counter. 
Um, the Robinson kid, obviously, he's been very good, especially in the power play. When you give him time and space, um, he's very good with with the puck there and off the puck there. Um, so a kid you got to be aware of. Tillman's off to an excellent start. Um, obviously, a guy you don't want to leave open to shoot. You know, they've got a lot of weapons, and now I think uh, you see a lot of grit there with uh, Kelly Chase's kid and, you know, other pieces they got. So, um, you know, we're aware we're in for, we're in for a grind in this series and, you know, they want to win that cup as bad as we do. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they outsimpled us plain and simple that first game, um, you know, so all credit to them and, and they were better that day. And certainly we're looking forward to the next time we see them. Okay. Be honest now, how bummed are you that you don't get to go to Oceanside Ice Arena anymore? Oh my gosh! If, if I never see asbestos fall out of a ceiling again, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it'll be a normal lighting. I bet we might even get to get in a locker room. It's going to be awesome. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. I, I I think I was only in there one week, and I when I was driving a little bit with UNLV hockey, and I and I and I've just felt so claustrophobic because the, the ceiling was so low. Even just and then I went up to the quote unquote press box, so to speak, and I I yeah. be careful not to hit my head on the on the one of the railings. Yeah, was, I like <laughs> I like that little press box though. It's a good spot to get lines. Although we had been banned from there, here's a little insider scoop. We got banned from there for a while, and it's all because Tim Gasson got into some verbal spat with them about something in our press box and so some petty war happened and so we weren't allowed to put a camera up there anymore and so shame on us i guess the best yeah, part was... of oceanside was taken from us they got us good well hopefully you I'll... find a new hopefully you find a new good spot at mountain america community I hope. Place, i'm working on new relationships here and hopefully yeah we'll see <laughs> chad i was just gonna bring that up uh this would have been something tim gasson would have totally fallen in love with a brand new place to go at uh at yeah. tempe all of it i mean he would have loved everything the new jersey i mean i don't see the new red jerseys he was into that kind of stuff and rebranding and um, yeah, man, I still got a, uh, I got a rubber chicken hanging in my office and that's, uh, in, in honor of Tim, I guess for those who don't know back in the day when he was a student, he would go to the game. He was known as the chicken man cause he would have a rubber chicken at the games and taunting the visiting team. And, uh, so that's my way of, of remembering him, but certainly we think of him often, especially in the high moments. Um, and maybe the low moments too, cause I'd be like, oh man, I would have been on the phone with him for like an hour and a half about this game. Maybe this is better tonight, <laughs> but, um, but certainly we think of him often and uh, he's, he's not forgotten in our program. Okay. A couple of things we got to touch on. I, I know the, uh, the women's program is still building um, for the future, but how are things going there? And, uh, and, and your thoughts on how excited that is for the community of Tucson. Yeah, it's going great. Caitlin's, you know, she's come to a couple of our practices to stay involved. Uh, I know she's hitting, she's on the road this week in Minnesota out recruiting. Uh, I know she's hitting the recruiting uh, hard. I mean, we've had a lot of girls coming in to visit. Um, and, and it's certainly exciting for women's hockey to see, you know, all these women come in and, and check out the campus and see new opportunities here that they didn't know they were, could have, especially in hockey uh, at our campus and, you know, and what we provide academically. So it's been fun for me, like, just to learn a lot about women's hockey, um, especially working closely with Caitlin and, and, and helping to make sure we get her on her feet and, get her what she needs she doesn't need much she's pretty much on top of everything and so um it seems like she's off to a great start in recruiting she seems very excited about you know the interest she's gotten back and so you know i i know she has expectations of being competitive right away and that's certainly what we want to build here is a you know you look around at the adrians and the liberties you know they're they're uh they're winning at all their levels that's what we want to be 
All right. Also, got to ask you about the building process and all all things are going. Um, I think you told me off there that uh, nothing really new to report, but uh, things status quo, things moving forward. Where do you stand? Yeah, everything's moving forward. I, I don't have an, uh, an official date and shovels hitting the ground, uh, but I'm sure I'm going to be uh, getting one soon here. I meet with Frank here soon. I think in the next week or so, and um, I know we're hoping to get that in here probably just after Christmas sometime, but. Uh, Obviously, that'll be a, an exciting day, and I think we're all tired of talking about what it will be and, and looking forward to seeing the shovel hit the ground. All right, final one for me is when you look at uh, college hockey at the uh, at both levels, really, the M1 level at the ACHA level and then also the NCAA level, I know you see both. Um, where is it now? What is the health of it in your mind? Uh, boy, I think it's great. I think the the ACHA keeps growing. Women's hockey keeps growing. Um, I mean, uh, even every now and then I'll catch a D2 game, and, like, those guys are good. Like, those are good teams. Those, those teams could beat a lot of teams at the D1 level. Um, uh, I will tell you this. I, what I didn't expect out of my experience playing ASU's NCAA team is I'm definitely becoming a bigger fan of, of NCAA hockey, just watching it as well. Found myself this weekend trying to turn on Michigan and – watch a couple of games and, and you gain appreciation just for how, how good it is that you have to be to play at the division one level. But, um, you know, you see more and more guys choosing ACHA over a division three NCAA school, or even being like, you know, I don't want to sit the bench and not play on the division one team. I want to go someplace where I can be a, a key member. And, and, uh, and you've seen that more and more. And, um, you know, the quality of the top five and the top 10 is just so far beyond what it used to be. Um, like the old top five is probably a top 10 or 12 now. It's just, uh, I think, I just think we're that deep of a league. And like I always say, a rising tide uh, raises all ships and it seems like we're all competing against each other and it just keeps getting pushed higher and higher and higher. And as a result, there's some fantastic hockey to watch. I, I definitely watch a ton of hockey, especially this last weekend. You got the weekend off. Like I was pumped just flipping around YouTube, watching all these games and, um, I watched Calvin. I've never seen Calvin play. They look like they got a really good hockey team. Um, and it's uh, it's really impressive to see what all these little schools are doing. Um, and, and it's uh, certainly a lot of fun to be a part of it. All right, a couple of things I want to ask about the ACHA then in the, in the tournament is we, we got the announcement a couple of weeks ago that the uh, ACHA tournament, at least for the foreseeable future, I think a couple of years there's an option for somewhere else, but it's going to be in St. Louis. And then the other thing is that this is going to be the first year of the M1 tournament going to 24 teams. So your thoughts on both that staying, the tournament's going to be pretty much in St. Louis for the next several years. And then that it's expanding to 24 teams in the field for the M1 tournament. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, St. Louis works for us. That's certainly, it could be worse. Like, uh, you know, Boston, I think was tough on a lot of teams out West uh, from a budget standpoint and what it took to do it. I mean, we, we certainly didn't complain. Um, it's going to get moved around and, you know, we liked it when it was in Dallas. That was great too. But, you know, St. Louis makes a lot of sense. It's kind of centrally located. They've got great facilities there. Even that outdoor rink's pretty cool. Um, we didn't get a chance to play on that, but I was fortunate enough to watch Adrian practice on it. And um, seemed it was a great setup. There's action everywhere, games going on. You know, that, that tournament's just was, so much fun. It was packed, too. I remember that a couple of years ago, and that was where I was at, too. And it was just the lobby was packed because you had all the all the divisions were playing and the, the, the little bar in there that was – it was when I was trying to get food, it took a while because it was just so many people in there. It was, it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, there's there's yeah, every rink you stepped in, you're like, what what team, what yeah. league, what division? Yeah, it was yeah. – uh, a lot of action, so um, obviously we'd be excited anywhere it is. But uh, from a travel standpoint, that that's probably neutral and fair for us. So 
um, you know, that's exciting and easier to do. As far as the 24 teams, um, you know, I don't know what to think of it. I don't really care <laughs> to some degree. Like, to me, like, if they went down to 12, I would have been fine with that too. Um, like, it's, it's, a, it's a tough tournament. Like, if you are in the bubble and you don't get in, I I've done it. I understand how it's disappointing. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's a long season. You should have done enough to get in then. And, and that's kind of how I took it when we didn't. Uh, and, and if you're that close to being on the bubble, how long are you going to last and what's it going to cost? I think there's some risk reward there. Um, certainly, uh, I don't really have an opinion of it. I just, I just kind of, Hey, how many teams, what do we got to do and try to do the best we can. And, and, and do we, and do we have an understanding or maybe have you guys been informed exactly how that format is going to be like, uh, like, I mean, cause with the 20, it was the, the 13 to 20 would play and then they would play the top four and then the five to 12 and then go on and so forth. Now with there's 24 teams. Do we have an idea of how how the the format is going to be, or is that still being ironed out? Uh, I think that's still being ironed out. I, like I don't know if that's one in one verse twenty four and on down. I, I'm not sure. I think one thing I would say that I'm a little worried about by adding teams. If I'm being candid, is yeah, I don't even know the math on how many more games that adds. Right. But you know, the ice takes a beating in those national tournaments, and they they do a good job of trying to space it out a little in case there's overtime and let it set. But you know, I don't know how many more games that adds, but that's going to, you know, I imagine if you talk to the, those Frozen Fours and those final games, I bet that ice is in rough shape by then. And it's and it's always it's it's always been grueling. That's what's always been so unique about the ACHA and one. It's so grueling as it is, especially if you have to play for the first day and you have to play the five days, five games in like six days. And now maybe the potential of having to add another day to that, another game to that, it's going to be a real grind for whoever can make it through. No question. It's a marathon for sure. It's, uh, you know, the, uh, the best teams make it, the hottest team wins it. Well said, Coach. We appreciate your time. Uh, look forward to catching up with you real soon when I get back into the, uh, the western part of the United States. But thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for spending some time. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks for having me, guys. Same to you. That's the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us. Stephen and I will be back in just a couple minutes to wrap up another episode of the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. The University of Arizona Wildcats return to the Tucson Arena September 29th. Join the tradition and become a part of the legacy of hockey in the old Pueblo. Cheer on your five-time Cactus Cup champions as the Wildcats pursue a national championship after a promising off-season of key roster additions. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org for schedule and ticket information and follow us on social media. Bear down and rise up. Looking to extend your hockey career at a high level? Then the University of Georgia could be the place for you. Ice Dogs Hockey is an NCAA-style experience and championship culture combined with classic rivalries, big-time athletics, and an elite academic institution. Go to UGAHockey.com to start your journey and see if you can continue to help build the limitless future ahead for University of Georgia Hockey. Women's hockey is one of the fastest-growing sports in the country, and at Maryville University in St. Louis, having two ACHA women's teams allows young women to continue to play top-level hockey. Maryville Women's Hockey aligns with the university's core values to provide opportunities for growth as a player as well as the sport. The Maryville University Hockey Center is the place 
to get a first-class hockey experience and is just minutes from campus. For more information on Maryville women's hockey, go online to MaryvilleSaints.com. Looking for a small campus setting with a big campus varsity hockey program? Located in the heart of the Ozarks, Springfield, Missouri, Drury University Hockey is the new game in town. The beautiful Jordan Valley Ice Park, located less than a mile from the Drury campus, is the home of Panthers Hockey, including a newly renovated full-time locker room space. Drury University offers over 80 undergraduate majors and programs and 9 graduate programs with an average class size of just 19 students. Go beyond and become a part of a bright future for Drury Panthers Hockey. Visit drurypanthers.com and drury.edu for more information. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, and first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. Get a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. Looking to find the right place to fit your academic needs with a chance to play championship-level college hockey? Then Indiana Tech could just be that place. In less than a decade, the Warriors have played for two national championships, appeared in the last four national tournaments, and won six regular season and conference tournaments. Off the ice, majors in not just the tech fields, but communications, criminal justice, and more can get your career off to that same kind of championship start. For more information, visit us online at indianatechwarriors.com or at indianatech.edu. Looking to continue building on a successful first season at the ACHA W1 level, Lake Superior State starts its second season in the CCWHA, a season that included having three academic All-Americans. If this is the kind of tradition that you are interested in help building as a player or support off the ice, then visit us at womensd1lssuachahockey.com and see if the school-rated Michigan's most affordable university is for you. Lake Superior State Women's Hockey, a small school advantage with the big hockey culture built in. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. Looking for the big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University, located in St. Louis, Missouri, 
could be for you. Fielding five teams across all divisions of the ACHA since 2018 and playing just minutes from campus in the 1,000-plus seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as they compete against ACHA powers like Ohio, Liberty, Minot State, and Illinois State. For more information about all things Maryville, visit maryville.edu. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Indeed, welcome back in to the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Lake Elmo, Minnesota. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from that championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. You sound um, wonderful, by the way. You got that nice, low, baritone yeah, radio yeah, podcast voice. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it's all part of this ridiculous cold and the flu season that I put up with for the last uh, seven to eight days. Anyway. Yeah, get um, out of your system now before everything kind of really starts to pick up. Yeah, before everything. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, always great to have Chad Berman on and talk uh, Arizona hockey. Um, he always has such great perspective, Stephen. I don't know what you heard. I know what I heard. So I'll find out from you right now what you heard from Coach Berman. Well, I don't want you copying off my papers. So. <laughs> no, I, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think he has a lot of insight to the uh, ACHA, and to, I, I just love that he said that he's become more interested and in, in, uh, excited to watch NCAA hockey. I think that's that's a good thing. Um, um, I think as somebody that is in the ACHA realm and wants to immerse himself into that, if, there's, if that's an opportunity that in the future may present itself, and just to be familiar with that, because uh, we're seeing ACHA programs, how much they're trying to replicate or try to um, – try to replicate what NCAA programs do and how they handle themselves and, and promote themselves or, or even just the type of players they might get that might be NCAA caliber players that, but like Chad Berman said, maybe they they don't want to be on the bench or they know they're going to be just reserve guys. And this way they can be like a, a starting guy. Um, so that there's opportunity there. And, and we've seen some teams do that and it's, it's been successful. And, and I think it's, it's an interesting thing. So yeah, I think it's it's great what he said there. I think it's interesting that he doesn't really have a opinion on the twenty four teams. I think it's a good point he brings up that what's it going to look like? Is it going to be another? Is it an extra day involved there? Is it going to be an extra game that you're going to have to play? Which is probably going to be the case. Is it just going to be a straight one to twenty four that way, or is it going to be like maybe it's a a, a play in round so to speak where the twenty the the 20 through 24s have to play to even get to the 20. And then maybe it goes to the 13 to 20. And then it goes back to the original format. It could be something like that. We don't know. So it's, uh, it's interesting to, to see how it'll play out. But, um, but just, uh, just this perspective, he's been in the ACHA for a bit now, either as a coach or as a player and stuff. And so he, he knows how he knows how it goes. And he's obviously seen the improvement of this league and, and the teams that are involved in it. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things he was pretty candid on. Number one was that uh, the battle that he had at uh, Arizona State against the NCAA team. Um, he, obviously, he wanted to, as he said, keep the margin a little closer, but uh, it was what he took away from it. You know, you play those exhibitions, you get you get film on it, and uh, your your idea is that you'd like to at least 
show your guys what it takes, what the what the differences are between uh, NCAA and the top ACHA program. And, you know, when you take that perspective into it, yeah, it hurts for a little while, right? When uh, when you get thumped like that. But then you got to put it in perspective and you got to take what you were handed and uh, turn it around and try to make it more productive. So, number one, I was uh, impressed by that. Number two is he has seen uh, a lot in the uh, ACHA ranks, and I think this year might be the very best that we'll ever see or that we have seen uh, in ACHA M1 hockey because I think the top 15 teams have all legitimate shots that win in the tournament, and when it's a one and done, anything can happen. I agree, and I look at the rankings, and yes, these aren't computer rankings. I don't. I think these are coaches' rankings. I don't know how. I forget how it's voted on. It, a lot of times, it's there's some biases involved with these. But I look at these teams that are in there, and yeah, you could question maybe where they're positioned. But I, I think these are a lot of the players that are going to be involved. And now that it's 24 teams, I mean, I mean, I, I we've talked about this, and how how great has Mary been? And there, this is their first year at the M1 level, and. And they've been impressive so far. I mean, they've got a three one and one record. Uh, they're number twenty ranked, and uh, I think that's they've had some good wins. They won over Missouri State last weekend, so um, they've looked they've looked good in those games. I mean, it seemed like UNLV, who was expected to maybe be one of the top teams again, is up there. But you know, they've kind of been slow going, getting going here. But they they seem to kind of get into their groove now that they've been in a couple of home games under their belt, and they've got some tough weekends to head. They've got Utah. Uh, this weekend, and they've got Arizona next weekend at home, so it's uh, not going to be easy, of course. Central Oklahoma, I think, is probably the favorites once again to be in the WCHL championship or to be the winner of the WCHL, and and they they just looked as strong as as they have as they usually are. Um, Ohio's been good so far. Liberty, you know, it's three, four, and one, but you know they've played a really tough schedule to begin with, as we've talked about with Minot State like four times already, so. No, Those four not, losses, Stephen, are all to Minot State. All to Minot State, who's nine and zero, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, so those, if there's ever a uh, a good quality loss, uh, I guess losing to Minot State is is going to be. Uh, and Minot State looks like a well-oiled machine. I'm interested to see when they come here to to Vegas to see them firsthand. At that point, it'll be like January, so it'll be well underway. You know, it's not. You know, it's, a lot of times this part of the year, teams are still trying to find themselves out. Like like Chad Berman said, they're still trying to figure out. You know exactly who they are and, and and try to get going with every everything that they want to do and on their systems wise and, and things like that. So it'll be interesting once they come here in January to see what they what they look like and and uh, and yeah. So I just I think it's been a great great year so far. It's I think right now it's Minot State's to lose, but you never know what happens. I mean I think it was every year it seems like the the disparity between one and Pick a number to twenty four or twenty or whatever the number is, you know, fifteen maybe have a real legitimate shot at uh, uh, of making a, a a contending run for it. Um, maybe top ten have a better shot of actually winning, but fifteen twenty teams maybe have a shot to 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 really make some noise when it comes to tournament times, which is makes it exciting for those that watch it and follow it like we do and. And I think it's a, it's a great thing for the ACHA. And obviously the, the NCAA teams that either have ties to the ACHA or know, you know, know of it, obviously see the respectability of fact of the level of hockey that that's become to even want to schedule exhibition games as, with, these, with these ACHA programs. We saw Denver do it last year with UNLV. 
ASU has done it with uh, with Arizona. You know, there's been a, a prior relationship there, obviously, but still, um, there's going to be some coming up in December. I think with with Minot State and Colorado College, and later on in December. So it's yeah, Minot State. Well, actually, we'll play Denver and Colorado Denver College on the Colorado same weekend. College. Yeah, talk about, a, talk about a gauntlet there. So that'll be interesting to see Minot State on that kind of level because we see how dominant it looks like Minot State is right now, but how are they going to look? And, and it's not to say that they're going to win, but but how, how do they look up? How do they measure up to an uh, to those quality teams like a Denver, who obviously is a really good team? Colorado College, I mean, you know more about it or better on the NCAA side, but they're, they look they look they seem like a decent team this year as well. But uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. All right, two things to wrap up on uh, uh, with Arizona. Then we'll take another quick break, and we'll come back and wrap up the show. Um, January 25th, uh, they're going to host Oregon. And on the 26th and 27th, they will host San Diego State. Uh, two up-and-coming programs that we watched closely last year. It'll be interesting to see how they've improved and gotten better this year. And um, I, I just think that that's cool that, that Chad took on those two new programs and gave them the opportunity to uh, get their feet wet at the M1 level another year. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think the games that they're going to play with Maryville is going to be real uh, exciting to see those. Uh, Maryville, as I picked at the beginning, it was just kind of one of those intriguing teams that I'll be following real closely. Obviously, we want to watch closely all the teams that uh, we have partnerships with, but uh, there's a couple teams, you know, I obviously follow UNLV closely since I'm here and I'm in Vegas and I follow them closely, but I, I kind of adopted Maryville as another team I'm trying, I'm keeping a close eye on too uh, and uh, and see how they do. So I'm excited to see how those two teams do. Obviously Arizona and all the teams that we've we've had before in the WCHL as well because I'll get to see them all roll through here at some point. But but uh, a Maryville is, a, is another team that has got a lot of potential to have a really good season and, and they seem to be off to a strong start too. So uh, when those two teams get together in, in January, that'll be a, a fun series to watch too. That is correct. Let's take that quick break. Let's come back and wrap up another episode of the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. At some schools, winning the national championship is the goal. For Liberty's women's hockey program, it's the expectation. Winners of the last five national championships, Liberty Women's Hockey is the ACHA W1 standard. Be a part of the championship legacy on or off the ice with a first-class education, as well as serving your faith, community, and your game by visiting us at liberty.edu. If you are thinking of joining a growing power to continue playing high-level college hockey, then Lake Superior State's ACHA M2 program could be right for you. In just two seasons under head coach Steve Canisto, the Lakers M2 team continues its drive towards a national tournament bid, coming off the program's best season ever. For information about playing in this hockey-focused community, or if you're just interested in schedule and ticket information, visit our website at lssuachahockey.com. New challenges, new level, same quest. Join us at the University of Mary for the 2023-24 hockey season as the two-time ACHA M2 champions bring that championship pedigree to the M1 level. Watch the Marauders take on rivals Minot State, Jamestown University, and national powers Missouri State, Illinois State, and Colorado State 
as they look to add to their hockey legacy. Head to GoYouMary.com to find out how you can support University of Mary Hockey. Experience the best of academics and athletics at Minot State University. At Minot State, we're not just a team. We're a family united by passion and determination. Achieve your academic goals while thriving in a supportive community. With a commitment to excellence both on and off the ice, we're shaping leaders with an 11 to 1 student-faculty ratio, over 1,200 scholarships awarded annually, and in-state tuition for all students. Experience education that goes beyond textbooks, propelling you towards a brighter future. Join Minot State University and be part of a legacy of success. Discover your potential at Minot State. Learn more at MinotStateU.edu. Minot State University. Be seen. Be heard. Be you. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL Champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study, and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. As a premier ACHA M1 university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Indeed, it is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Lake Elmo, Minnesota. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, as always, the time just flies by on the show and we're running out of time. But uh, I did want to talk a little bit about a couple of things. First of all, the Georgia Bulldogs making the trip to Long Island this weekend to play a couple of games in Long Island and then oh, go across the, the Sound. I love and the... Uh... We'll I be up the, in Quinnipiac on I Sunday. The, I love the uh, back and forth on X of whether they were able to find uh, Paul's palatial estate. While they're <laughs> oh, they're looking. They're looking hard. Coach Camp is looking hard to find that estate. Paul said he would like to take a player in on personal tours, take them one by one through there. So we'll see how that goes. It, but, but he wouldn't take you on a tour, though. <laughs> no, no. The security guards kept me long away. Long away. I wasn't even close. But anyway, uh, good for them for taking that trip up there. They're having a very, very good start to the season, and that new building just keeps progressing. So congratulations, Bulldogs. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, go get a, a trio of wins uh, this weekend on Long Island and at Quinnipiac. 
Um, also want to talk and, and just say a little bit more about these, these teams that are undefeated. Um, we will have the head coach from UCO on next week, Michael Rivera. At least that's the plan. Um, my cold and uh, this flu thing that I've been dealing with uh, set us off schedule just a little bit, but Michael beyond, they are 6-0 and and off to a flying start again. You heard Coach Berman talk about how good their program is. Um, Wyatt Waslenchik and the guys at Minot State, uh, we'll have them on just uh, shortly before their their trip to play NCAA schools in December. And uh, they're off to a 9-0 start. Uh, who else caught your eye, Steve, when you went through that top 20 as far as uh, just undefeated and rolling strong? Well, I think I mentioned... Uh, I mentioned Mary, uh, University of Mary. This is the first year of Division One at ACHA, and they've, you know, they're off to a three-one and one start, which isn't bad. Uh, and I don't think they've played Minot State or Jamestown yet, or maybe they've. Uh, they oh yeah, they played Minot. They played Minot, so, um, so yeah, so they're three-one and one this year. Mary is so that's that's pretty good for a first-year M one program. Um, you know, I know and I saw them play at Illinois State and get their first win, by the way. You did. You brought them some good karma. Yeah, something see, like that. See, I don't think they need my karma. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to bring in good karma to, to everybody. We need, you need to bring some good karma to yourself. <laughs> and us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and us. Uh, Grand Valley just... State is another team that uh, I saw play, and yeah, uh, they're off to a 6-0-1 right mark. Yeah. yeah Michigan Dearborn, 6-0-0. Again, you're bringing Sam Fellner. You bring good karma to these people, or, or or they they get a partnership with us, and good things happen to them. So that's a good plug for. Religion. Let's go with that. I like <laughs> so, that. So if everybody's out there, if you want to get get into us, good things will happen to you. If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make those guarantees. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we do have some spots left. So you are interested in getting your team on board with us in the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty. Uh, I believe one women's team spot left and uh, four or five of the uh, the men's team. So there are some spots open. If you want to jump on board, by all means, direct message me or just simply go to IcetimeHockeyWest at gmail.com, and I will get right back to you on that. Um, Arizona State, 6-1-0. If they want to send you an old-fashioned uh, pigeon uh, carrier letter, uh, old-fashioned letter. They'll never find me. They'll never find me if they <laughs> do that. Give out your address uh, if you even know <laughs> what that is at this point. That pigeon you're won't find me. Can't keep up. <laughs> you're always on the go, so you would never get to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, people know how to reach me if they want. Um, and, of course, Dra- Davenport, too, at 6 one four, and 0. You've got That's four a- phone numbers. You can, you, they can reach <laughs> on one of those, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Three now because I broke a phone. <laughs> but that phone number still exists. <laughs> it exists, but I don't have a phone to answer it. So there you go. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> See, there's the good karma that I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> anyway, we'll let you take it away, and uh, we'll tell everybody to join us next week for another episode of uh, American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. All right, so we'll go here from the Summer Skate Studios. This is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Liberty University, bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at Liberty.edu, Behind the Mask, and BehindTheMask.com. With three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com, we keep you supplied with all of the gear you need all season long. University of Central Oklahoma, first-class experience on and off the ice. 
For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, lunch, catering, dining in or out, or just getting our award-winning barbecue sauce. We're at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels Championship Quest. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Top Golf, reserve a bay or a meeting room for your next corporate outing at topgolf.com. Uh, Adrian College, championship hockey culture and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos with Caesars Rewards. Members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org and become part of one of the West's most historic hockey programs. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in style. Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find one of our over 400 locations in 20 states Nationwide, the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network and is live every week on the Podbean app and is available on your favorite podcast platform at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Again, search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review any of our podcasts to help others find the show. Very well done, my friend. I'll tell you, there are a couple of uh, really good matchups. There's a bunch of good matchups this weekend, but uh, UNLV and Utah, correct? Yes, that will be this weekend. Uh, that's uh, a lot going on here in Vegas. We'll see if I can get to there because Friday is the home opener for the Henderson Silver Knights, so I'm going to try to be there. And then Saturday, it's interesting that, I mean, and I think there's a tournament going on at CNA as well, a hockey tournament. So uh, Saturday's game is a 5 p.m. game at City National with UNLV, which is interesting because the U, the football pro, the team is, has their homecoming football game at 4 p.m., on Saturday, so it was a little <laughs> bit of an, of an overlap. And the football, and it's usually like an embarrassment to say UNLV football, but this year they're actually pretty good. They're five and one, looking to go bowl eligible with new coach Barry Oldham in their first year. So it's it's not like it's a so now you got to compete with the football team, which normally isn't really a thing. But this year, that's there's some respectability to the UNLV football program. So it's going to be interesting. And so okay, um, I might try to hit, but. I, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I made, made t- plus the Silver Knights play a Saturday afternoon game too, but, but it's a lot going on. But uh, that, that's how it is usually here in Vegas. But, yes, UNLV and Utah play each other here this weekend. Okay. Um, it, Another big matchup, as Chad mentioned, uh, GCU coming to you, uh, the University of Arizona. And then one final one I want to throw out there tonight is uh, Maryville making the trip to uh, Liberty, to Lynchburg. To take on uh, the Liberty Flames, so that ought to be a good one. That ought to be oh, that'll, that'll be some really good be hockey. Interesting so interesting to see how that turns out. And again, our thanks to Chad Berman, the head coach from the University of Arizona, for joining us tonight. Um, we'll say good night with Will Klein and Peacemakers De Niro and Stephen. I'll be back again next Wednesday night with another episode of the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty Podcast. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everyone.